And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. I've got to be honest with you. I don't know whether it's uh, SAD, seasonal affective disorder, as a result of uh, the uh, daylight savings time. It's so dark, so early. It's depressing. Is it daylight savings time? Is it lack of sun? No, it may be what um, is going on in this country today with a naked Marxist elected as president, with a socialist, an open socialist Sandinista winning by a landslide in New York City, the subservient media refusing to report the facts and anything but what they're spoon-fed by this Marxist administration. Hey, there's a lot of reasons for depression, and I don't think I'm the only one feeling it. Look at the direction that America is headed in right now. Is it headed up? Or is it, headed, is it headed down? Huh? Well, let me ask you. 49% of Americans receive some type of public assistance. More people collect means-tested benefits today, 108 million, than there are full-time workers, 101 million. There are 1.2 million homeless children in public school, up 72% since the recession began. 46.6 million people receive food stamps, the highest number in recorded history. 46 million Americans live in poverty. Why? You think this is a mistake? Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Take a look at Detroit. It's the model for what's coming in many cities in America. And that's what many people are seeing. They're not stupid, by the way. And look at the direction the country's headed in another way, socially. Listen to popular music. Do you hear any joy in it? It's all techno drug joy. Where is the joy that was once heard in music? And I'll go back a while. The joy that was heard from male vocalists such as Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and the others. Are there any male vocalists that sound like that today? What happened? What happened to the energy of the white male? What do we have now? When is the last time you turned on the radio and didn't hear either some screaming techno garbage, uh, which can't even be understood, or a rap song glorifying the worst actions that mankind has to offer? Maybe this is uh, typifying where we're going in this country. 
In many ways, it mimics what happened in Cuba after Castro uh, took over Cuba and threw out Batista. Before Castro came to power in Cuba, Cuban music was energetic, it was happy, it was up, it was full of life. After Castro, after communism, it became sullen and dark, as if the soul of this once proud nation had been stolen from it by the communists. The same trend is happening today in the United States. You can see what this administration has been doing to us. You can hear it in the music, and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Now, before I go into where I'm going to go today on the show, because you don't know where I'm going to go today, what do you see coming uh, down the road? Do you feel that's as bad as I see it, or do you think that I'm overplaying this? And then I'm going to go into the medical side of this, because that's where I really want to go. What do you do to handle depression or dark moods in your life without medication? Have you tried anything that really did work? Because I'll give you some hints tonight. Many of you are addicted to Prozac and uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs. I I'm totally opposed to them because there have been too many heroic suicides and homicides with people who overreact or, let us say, counterreact to these drugs after a period of time. They go ballistic. All these shootings we're seeing in the country related to drugs. Almost all of them were drug addicts, SSRI, Prozac related, and the media won't report that. And yet there are natural natural substances that can be used which will, which will change your mood. They've been known from the beginning of time, some of them, and some have not been known from the beginning of time. As I told you, and I'm going to tell you again, and I have nothing to hide about this, because of things in my nature, and I'm not going to go into it with the maudlin business, I have been fighting depression since I'm a child, and I've always been happy-go-lucky. I've always found a way out of it. No matter how down I've ever gone, I've always found a way up. That's what most good performers feel, by the way. And make no mistake about it, although I'm on the radio and I'm typecast in a certain direction, I'm fundamentally a nightly performer. This is a nightly performance. Largely political, yes, but it goes well beyond politics. As you know, it's news, views, and reviews. And it's going to be more of that, because I can do it and I'm going to do it. Ever since I've been a child, I've had these moods, these dark moods. They come and they go, and I get out of them. And as I got older, I found nutritional, let me put it to you this way in plain English, running, we know that. Exercise, we know that. Everyone knows this. If you're a healthy person, you know how to do it. You don't feel good, you don't stay in bed, right? Well, the best way to fight a depression is vitamin C crystals. Laugh if you want. Laugh at your own, own uh, demise. I really don't care. You see, vitamin C, ascorbic acid, is a very small molecule. It's uh, literally about the same size as sugar because it's actually synthesized from sugar, although it doesn't have the same effects as sugar. The fact of the matter is, is that ascorbic acid crosses the blood-brain barrier as quickly, as faster than heroin does. I don't know if you know this. There are many ex-heroin addicts who know what I'm talking about. In fact, many, many years ago, when I was in this field of neurobiology and neurochemistry, I told you I wrote a small book called Reducing the Risk of Alzheimer's, and I spent a lot of time studying brain scans, a lot of time studying the brain. I don't, I don't claim to be the greatest genius in the world in it, but I have a reasonably good intelligence, and I got to the bottom of the literature, and I discovered something interesting. There was a hospital in the Bronx at that time that picked up my book, Reducing the Risk of Alzheimer's, by the way. And then they looked back at some other book I had written, which was called, uh, I believe it was called 
Getting Off Cocaine in 30 Days. I remember the book. Now, I did write a small book on it. I've written so many books because I've been in so many areas. And they said to me that the program worked, and it worked very well for people who were addicted to heroin at the time. Now, the reason it worked is because vitamin C is a very powerful antidepressant. In addition to that, many other phenomenal qualities. Uh, it's one of the reasons the medical, the medical establishment has tried to debunk it. After the great genius of vitamin C therapy, Linus Pauling, died, the uh, Lilliputians at the Mayo Clinic and elsewhere ran false studies using either doses that were too low or inactive amounts, uh, inactive uh, 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 sources of it, and they said, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't prevent colds. It doesn't do this. What do you use in your life to fight depression? I'm asking a simple question. I'm not going to do this all night. Victor in Miami, Florida. Victor, welcome to the Savage Nation. You're listening on what? WFTL or what? Where are you listening, Victor? Welcome to the program. Maybe the last six months, and I agree most of the things that you say. And now you talk about my country, Cuba. Uh, it, what you say is the real truth. All the, all the good music, all the good things, uh, all going from Cuba since the communists took over. Cuba is, is like a desert. Cuba is something, something horrible. When they took over, they destroyed my island. That's right. They destroyed the spirit of the wonderful Cuban people. They took their heart out of them. It's exactly what I see going on in this country, Victor. You can almost feel it through the music in America. It was once a bold music. It was a music that was bold and masculine. And look what the music has become wherever you go in America. It's whiny chick music. Every department store, every elevator, whiny chicks whining about something. Where is America? You can hear it in the music. It didn't start under Obama, but boy, is it escalated. Oh, this, this, this president is destroying, is doing the same thing Castro started to do in Cuba 54 years ago. The same thing is happening. see that? Uh, you know, Victor, I'm really glad you called because I see it and I hear it. And that's exactly why I am doing this show tonight. I'm trying to change up the pace People talk about it from different perspectives. I have to do it from, you know what the Cuban, what the Spanish word la duende means, Victor? Yes. Vic, what does la duende mean in, in Spanish? Do, do you know what la duende means? Yes. No, what, what do you think it means, la duende? Could you tell, do you know what that means in English? What is I don't think so. It's a very complicated word. La duende means the soul. That's what it means, basically. It's a translation, a loose translation, la duende. And either a, a piece of music has la duende or it doesn't. In other words, it could be flat, flat music with no heart, no soul, or it could have a soul or a spirit in it, right? It's the same with everything in the, in the world, whether it be a, a piece of writing, it could be a, a piece of talking, a piece of singing, a piece of dancing. Either it's stiff or it has soul. Romney would be somebody with, who had no duende, for example, right? Strangely enough, as flawed as Christie is, the people liked him because he looked like he had a heart and soul. Honest to God, that really happened. And the fact is, is that we're talking about depression in America tonight on the Savage Nation, heard on 200 stations, and it will be going on to more stations in Major League primetime beginning January 1st. And by the way, I'm not going to change my show. If I come into the show a day like tonight, and I don't feel very good for a number of reasons, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not going to put on a ha-ha face and a ha-ha voice. What I'm trying to say to you is America is going now where Cuba went when Castro and his cohort gangsters took over Cuba. 
It's exactly the same rhetoric that we heard in the campaign in New York City, which was get the rich. We want equality. In other words, it's class warfare. Castro used it. Lenin used it. Marx used it. Trotsky used it. Chavez used it. Obama uses it. Fugazi used it. I'll be right back. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I remember very, very well that my grandparents, my parents for sure, never said a negative word about America. Never once, although they struggled, they were poor, they never put this country down. They never had contempt for this country. I won't say they ran around and put flags out of the window. I'm not going to put it in that regard. They struggled too hard to have that, uh, that love affair, that type of love affair that you see in movies of the immigrant people. But they loved the country because they knew that they would wait and then their son, their man-child in the promised land, would have his piece of the pie, meaning me. Nine gambling casinos are going to open in New York State. You hear? There's no end to this. The corruption, the naked, the naked corruption, the, the graft and the corruption in this administration, these Democrats are the dirtiest I've ever seen in my life. And they, they're stupid, they're not. James Simpson of Accuracy and Media wrote a great article today. He says, Grand Theft Obama, the biggest heist in U.S. history. He said, our nation is being stolen right before our eyes. The American people are being robbed of their livelihoods, their security, and their freedom. President Obama, he writes, makes grand sweeping gestures and delivers soaring rhetoric about helping the poor and achieving fairness. But he merely draws our attention away from the hand that is reaching deep into our pockets, and he goes on. And I'm not going to go into the Obamacare scam. We know that that's Castro care. I've said it for three years now. But the police state that's emerging is the, is the thing that should bother you. The police state of these goons, the police state under this Al Capone-like administration, while they're fleecing us, paying off his cronies, debt limit brinkmanship, the green job scam, do you know how much money has been stolen under the scam of green jobs? Do you know how much? Well, green energy, about $150 billion that we know of has been stolen with no results whatsoever. Okay, you want to go down the list? How about the company that built the Obamacare website for $700 million and is now being given, I don't know, $93 million to fix the website that they broke? Who is that person? The man is an Obama donor. It's astounding that at any other time, this would have landed the FBI at their doorstep. But the FBI was, a long time ago, brought to heel, as the military is being brought to heel through the firing and the purging of the uh, combat generals. The voter manipulation, the voter manipulation alone should worry even the most blasé individual out there no voter id laws people can vote three times illegal aliens vote in this country the election was stolen as you know in virginia by permitting illegal aliens to vote against cuccinelli and by running a fake third-party candidate who was funded by a democrat donor this is something that you would have seen in a, a south american nation not too long ago and it's going on right now under this wonderful man called Barack Obama. 
And he gets away with it because his fellow travelers in the media like what he's doing. Do you understand that? They want America transformed. So anyway, I didn't want to go there. But it leads there. It leads there. I know people who are self-made, very wealthy. They've worked all their lives, and they're depressed. They never, ever talked about it in their lives. They feel it. because You see, if they have the vision to have made a fortune through hard work, then they have the vision to see what's coming in America under these demagogues. They're signaling what they're doing, and they're doing it. Well, why go on and on about it? You say, what can you do about it? Well, there's another element to it, which is the straight-out criminal element. I remember a scene, many scenes. I, unfortunately for you, I listen, I watch too many movies. I have to admit it. Uh, as you know, I'm a part-time fiction writer. I've had two bestsellers, Abuse of Power and uh, A Time for War. They're very good books. And as a result of my watching movies, too many movies, I admit, ever since I'm a little boy, maybe I should have been in the movie business altogether because I do like fantasy. And sometimes I have to stop myself and say, Am I imagining what I see, or am I seeing, and is this not an imagination? In other words, what I see going on with Obama, I ask myself, because I'm willing to open myself up to self-doubt. In order for me to do this show every night, I can't just get up here like a, uh, a robot and, and spit it out. I've got to ask myself, how much of this is real? How much of this is imagined? And so I say to myself, is this as bad as I think it is under Obama? And unfortunately, my conclusion is it's much worse. It's much worse than I think it is. Because I can take off my fiction writer's uh, Google glasses, and I can put on my scientist's Google glasses. I can put on my, my, my PhD's glasses, and I can look at things as clearly as a chemist can tell you what the elements are in a formula after some analysis. And I'm telling you that if it looks like Leninism, if it talks like Leninism, if it walks like Leninism, it is Leninism. That's why I said he's a Leninist, not a Marxist. People have it wrong. It's a little different than Karl Marx. Lenin was different in that regard. But that's not important. That's splitting hairs, and it's not the important point. The important point is, is that all Marxist or Leninist or socialist regimes are coupled with a criminal class. Criminality unlike any you've ever seen in your life. You have to watch movies to know what I'm talking about. The criminals that were portrayed in The Godfather uh, are very real to me, especially scenes that uh, Mario Puzzo wrote, which were then translated into film by Francis Ford Coppola when he was still doing movies that were, let us say, relevant. In that movie, I'll never forget the scene in GF1, where the Marlon Brando character, Don Corleone, is he's after he was shot, and he's an older man. At that time, he was 55. He died. I remember the, the gravestone, because men died younger then. A guy 55 then was a guy 75 today. I know it from my own father. They aged rapidly. Their lives were hard, and their diets were bad. They, they didn't understand the, how to take care of themselves that well, and they ate, they ate pretty badly. And so I look around in my country today. I say, come on, I'm not a baby. I didn't wake up yesterday and say, all of a sudden, it's corrupt. I grew up in a time where there was naked, like, you know, like Wild West corruption in the country. But there was a line that was never crossed. And that line was the line of national security. Never in my time would a corrupt governor or a corrupt senator ever, ever lay down with the enemy. Never. It wouldn't have lasted 10 seconds. Today, the lines have been so blurred 
that he treats our friends like enemies and our enemies like friends. I wake up this morning and I say, are you imagining this, Michael? Well, I'll give you one story and you ask yourself if I'm imagining it. It looks like he's going to stop Israel from defending itself and he's going to let Iran develop a nuclear bomb. I said, you wrote about that in trickle-down tyranny. You said he treats friends like enemies and en enemies like friends. So that line would never have been crossed when I was a, a child or a teenager or a young man. Never! Never! I don't care how... Uh, let us say, manipulative a president was. No one becomes a president if they're nice or they're not calculating. <laughs> You're living in what world? I don't know. You want to live in the fantasy of the founding fathers being in some world different than that. They were pretty rough guys. Pretty rough guys, and they knew how to swing an election. Let me tell you that. Stop fantasizing about the founding fathers with the wooden teeth already. Do me a favor. Stop putting them on a pedestal. They were politicians, they were brilliant, and they knew how to write, and they knew how to speak. But, having said that, they were patriots. That's all I care about. Remember the motto of the Savage Nation, Borders Language Culture. How many years have I preached this motto to you? Since 1994 when I began a radio. 1994, Borders Language Culture. Can you tell me that this president, this Congress, this Senate, respects our borders, respects our language, and respects our culture? You know you can't. They laugh at our borders. They've melted our borders. They have turned America's language into a tower of Babel. Obama has said if you wish to get Obamacare, which is nothing more than Castro care, he has 150 languages ready for translation. Now, just on the face of it, you know that they're not citizens. How can they speak 150 languages? How could they become a citizen without speaking our language? It's impossible. For my father to have become a citizen, he had to speak English. He had to know the rudiments of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. He had to know who the presidents had been going back to Washington. He had to know English to become a citizen. Certainly, if, he was gonna, if there was a public benefit, which he never would have taken, he would rather have thrown himself off a fire escape than take a dime from the government. He wouldn't take it. He didn't need it. He worked very hard. But... Those who took public benefits had to speak English. There were no, you're going to go into a, a welfare office in New York in those days and ask for a check in, in 150 languages? I, impossible. So I ask you, borders, language, and culture, can you tell me that you can seriously say that this, that this nation is run by patriotic governors and patriotic, uh, patriotic Senate, patriotic president? Well, there are some, obviously. Obviously, there are some, but generally not, and that is why we're talking about it tonight. That is why I tell you many people are depressed. It's not a seasonal effective disorders. It's not SAD. It's not daylight savings time. No, my friends. No, my friends. Cochero, pare, pare, cochero. Driver, stop. Stop, driver. Cochero, pare, pare, cochero. Driver, stop. Stop, driver. We'll get there, Michael. <clears throat> Don't worry. One day it'll be Governor Savage, be Senator Savage. Just think we'll have gambling casinos in New York State. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get there. We'll have Obamacare. We'll get there one day, Michael. Don't worry. Once we get the medical system, there's no limits to what we can scam. Don't worry about it. $10,000 for an aspirin won't be too much. Trust me. That's just a joke.
<clears throat> Just a joke, you understand? I like to joke around. I like to joke around. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. A savage republic inside the plot to destroy America lays out the threats we face, prepare you for what's next, and offer solutions to save our republic. Please wake up and fight back before it is too late. You can buy it right now on Amazon or on barnesandnoble.com. A Savage Republic, Inside the Plot to Destroy America by Michael Savage. Thank you for listening. Share it with five others. You can, you can uh, call on anything that I'm talking about. I don't know that I'm going to do the news tonight. I just want to say this. Look, I got huge competition. I'm running up against major competition in this time slot, and I made it big here. I, I moved the needle, and I'll tell you this. If I can make it here at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Western, which I have, I can make it anywhere, which I will, which is 3 p.m. Eastern and noon uh, West Coast time. I'm just telling you that when it comes, it's going to be like a tidal wave and get ready for it. And someone told me, he said, put, he said, put four zeros behind your audience numbers right now because that's how much bigger your audience is going to be. He said, so are you going to change your show? What are you going to do? I said, nope, there's nothing to change. I've been doing the same Savage Nation style show since 1994. You know where I'm coming from politically, and I've been typecast, so I'm not going to change it because that's who I am. But. As you well know, I will not get stuck on politics because they're boring at a certain point, especially if you keep beating a drum with one stick on one drum over and over again. So I, I would rather do my news views and reviews. That's why I'm trying to bring you some music tonight, some uh, movie, you know, an older movie tonight mixed with politics because otherwise I can't go on with this. And, and for those of you who are confused and don't know what I'm talking about, those of you who say, well, I'm a liberal and I think people have a right to medical care. People have a right to a house. People have a right to education. People have a right to this. Can I ask you something? Does anyone have a right to your labor? Is there a right to sex change operations? It's all political. There's no right if you're a man to say you want to be a woman. You can walk around and say that to yourself, but you don't have a right to demand I pay for that mutilation, do you? Look, you're going to find out that I'm right when you're lying in a hospital bed years from now and you're suffering from an, a disease, let's say, a condition that's easily treatable. But you might be over the age of 67 or you don't fit some other government-mandated formula. And then your right to live may suddenly cease and then you will have your death sentence. And while you're laying there dying because the government won't treat you because you didn't meet the right quota, somebody else who's deeply connected to the Democrat machine will be getting a facelift or gender reassignment surgery while you die on a stretcher. So while you're there screaming against the Tea Party, you should understand that your last great hope in this country are people like yourself who understand that the system is totally broken and corrupt, and the Tea Party are people like you who want some honesty in government. Do you understand that? That's the whole story. That's the whole story in a nutshell. The Savage Nation, I'm ready to take some calls. I don't think I took many. I took only one. And if you want to talk, this is the place to do it. I just don't want any kind of pretentious contempt 
uh, for the Tea Party on the show. I can do without it. I listen to it all day long on, on the channels that I flip in and out of. I can't watch it. They don't know what they're talking about. Where is the pretentious contempt for Obama, who's the biggest fraud in the history of government? Why isn't there any pretentious contempt from the, the liberals who think they're so smart because they put out sophomoric... They sound like they're at a, a, a sorority party, you know, sneering at everybody. Whatever. 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 And now if you think that they're going to stop the coach they're driving, you're mistaken. As I speak to you, that sellout turncoat Tom McCann, who should be selling shoes, not selling amnesty, is right there with Obama right now eating, talking about putting the final knife into the bull of America. The final knife into our heart. Passing amnesty so the fat cats can have cheap labor and so that the Democrats can have an eternal party, party plurality. I'm down for a number of reasons. It's not the weather. It's not the seasonal affective disorder. It's the fact that America has embraced socialism to an extent they never would have imagined. But this has been a, a war, a war unlike any I've ever seen a social war. And the parallels to past times in history in other nations is overwhelmingly clear to those of us who know our history and do not want to repeat it. And those of you who do not know history and are going to repeat it, maybe you ought to spend a few minutes reading a little history. You see, whenever a dictator comes to power or a dictatorship encircles the people, one of the things that the average person doesn't get is that the real power in the country and the real business, powerful business interests are never, never, ever the targets of the dictatorship in the beginning. They let them make a lot of money. They let them make more money, in fact, than they ever made before. They let them not pay taxes, like in the case of many uh, um, corporations in this country who put Obama in power. They're paying zero taxes on U.S. earnings. Zero. So they're happy. They're getting what they want. Meanwhile, they tighten the noose on the middle class. Always the middle class is who they go after. They pander to the very rich and the very poor, and they squeeze the middle class. They squeeze and they squeeze and they squeeze. This entire Obamacare fight is going to come out of the hide of the middle class. The poor aren't going to pay for it. The rich who pay no taxes aren't going to pay for it. It's the guy who owns a small business who's going to pay 20000 a year more for, for health care, who's going to support the sex change operations, who's going to support the illegal aliens, who's going to support the diabetic who refuses to stop eating sugar, who won't take care of herself so she can go to an Indian gambling casino and throw her welfare check into a machine with a diabetes arm shaking and a cigarette in her mouth. What do you think? This is all fiction? It's, it's not fiction. Just go there and take a look who's in a gambling casino while you're working your behind off. And you'll understand why socialist dictatorships have always targeted the middle class. Because the middle class is too busy to fight back. They're, they're working. They don't have the time to go march in the street and scream and yell. They, they just work hard and they pay. They don't want no one. So then along comes the Tea Party, which is basically from the middle class, from the taxpayer, from the worker, from the business owner, and says enough is enough. And now what happens is they unleash hell itself upon them. They smear them. The unions attack them. The Congressional Black Caucus smears them. It calls them racist. The union says, let's take them out. The media, in a relentless campaign, smears the Tea Party, who is basically the taxpayer in this country, until eventually the average person doesn't know what's true or false. I think it was Goebbels who said, 
If you tell a big lie often enough, it becomes the truth. And so, one day after the other, Axelrod gives the instructions to the networks and to his cohorts through Twitter of what the marching orders are. And every day, like a drip, 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 they poison the political mind of the country where the criminals are made into patriots and the patriots are made into criminals. And at the same time, the middle class is squeezed and squeezed for every dime until it can take no more. And then they squeeze some more. Years ago, I wrote a book called The Enemy Within. It's one of my earlier books, not my first by any means. It was published in 2003. Can you believe it? And this book was entitled Michael Savage, The Enemy Within, Saving America from the Liberal Assault on Our Schools, Faith, and Military. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was wrong. But I dedicated the book with a quote from someone who you may remember because it's been picked up. And the quote went like this. A nation can survive its fools and even the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gates is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate freely, his sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. <coughs> Excuse me a minute. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims. And he wears their face and their arguments. He appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to fear. Marcus Tullius Cicero, Roman orator and statesman, 42 B.C. And the rhetoric I heard coming from de Blasio was exactly that, appealing to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He kept talking about how there was inequality in New York City as though it was stolen from the poor, when the poor, in fact, don't work at all. It wasn't stolen from the poor. It was people who worked for it. But he, of course, is using class warfare the way his boss Obama used class warfare, the way their cousin uh, Castro used class warfare, the way their friend Chavez used class warfare, the way their grandfather Marx used class warfare, the way their other grandfather Lenin used class warfare to get where they want to go. Now, how did that work out for Russia? How did class warfare work out for Russia? And how did class warfare work out for the people of Cuba? And how is class warfare working out for the American people. I rest my case. I've made my case over and over again. I have to do it in a new way every night and telling you what happened when Castro took over. The joy went out of the Cuban people. It became a different nation entirely. And a Cuban man called from Miami saying you're 100% right. If you heard the first hour, what exactly what Castro did, he said, Obama's doing in this country. He's an educated man because he lived through it. He knows it. He can smell it. He can feel it. He lives it. The average American is a moron. A moron, just give him sports, give him a Prozac, give him a hamburger, give him some pornography. He is no more than a, well, let me leave it at that. I don't have to debase the average man. The average man is a debased creature to begin school, to begin with. And that's why we are where we are. Now, all of this wouldn't be happening if we had an independent media, which disappeared quite a while ago, and if we had an opposition party, which we don't have. How do we have an opposition party 
if one of the senior members of the opposition party, meaning the Republicans so-called, John McCain, a traitor, a turncoat by any definition, and a crazy man on top of it all, is in the White House tonight conniving with Obama how to force amnesty down our throats. Amnesty for 30, 30 million at least illegal aliens. That's what McCain, that's the opposition party. Can you believe this? Can you believe it's come down to exactly what I've been warning you? That we live in a one-party system with two-card Monty, that it's an oligarchy. I've been preaching this since 1994. You say, well, maybe you should hang up your spurs because you haven't had any effect. Maybe you should stop, Michael. You've done it for 20 years and it got worse. Well, don't blame me for it. I tried my best. Now, this is not a concession speech, speech tonight. I'm not going to announce that I'm quitting radio tomorrow because it's, there's no point in fighting. I'm not announcing that I'm about to disappear into the uh, darkness of the night and put on a hat and move to Miami and uh, just sit and uh, you know, drink all day and look at the, uh, the sunsets. No, I'm not ready for that quite yet. I'm not quite sure that the victory of the opposition is complete. I'm not quite sure it's as hopeless as it seems in the darkest of the dark moments. I'm not quite sure we can't turn this around. I always believe that God sees the truth but waits. I always have the faith that Obama will make some catastrophic error that will finally bring his corrupt administration down like a corrupt house of cards. Now, he may have done it with the Obamacare debacle. He is apologizing. His hair is turning gray. He's trying to spin it every day, but it's not working. That could be the linchpin. On the other hand, the man is relentless like all true revolutionaries. They never stop squeezing the middle class. You would say, gee, it's enough. Look what he's done to this country. Can he give us a break? No, he won't give you a break. He broke the medical system. Now he wants to break the immigration system. Before that, he broke the social code of America. Before that, he broke the military. You go down the list, there's not anything he's touched that he hasn't destroyed. And he's not finished. He's a young man. He's strong. He's just hitting his stride. There's over three more years of this revolutionary in office because we live in a dictatorship in America. If we had what was considered to be a parliamentary system, there would be a vote of no confidence brought upon him by the opposition party. And I can guarantee you the Democrat power would be thrown out. I can guarantee it. At this time, if we had a parliamentary system and we had a legitimate opposition party, they would bring up a vote of no confidence and be thrown out of office. At least the people would have a, a semblance of a feeling of a participatory democracy. We don't have it. We have a dictatorship punctuated by... Uh, elections every few years. In between the elections, it's a dictatorship. By any name, it's a dictatorship punctuated by elections. This is one man's opinion. This is not seasonal affective disorder speaking. This is Michael Savage. And if you disagree with me, I'm, I'm sorry for you. Then you don't know what's going on. Because it is going to get so much worse before it gets better that you can't even understand it. Now let's take a call or two on the program. Nicola, Dallas, Texas, on the great KLIF. Welcome to the program. Thank you. What's on your mind? Hello, Dr. Savage. I'm calling to graciously thank you for providing the American people with honest and true journalism and the truth of the old American way and the future of the American way. 
and Fox News could take a definite, definite example from your truth. It, and I understand. Many of you like me very much. They do a good job. They, they do a, as good a job as anyone's going to do in this day and age, but they're not the problem. Fox News is not the problem. It's CNN, which has become useless. They do nothing. MSNBC is a fanatic group of idiotic children trying to sound smart by being sarcastic, but they've lost their audience a long time ago. But I appreciate I have an audience. That's all that matters. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.